The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart. They're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome into episode number 57 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. The Eagles finished their season with a controversial loss to the Washington football team. They finished 4-11-1 for the season. Their worst season since 2012, which was Andy Reid's last season, ironically, because he's just thriving now. Thriving. Um, (laughs) It was their second time winning only four games in the last 20 years. So, Jess, we were, what, five when that happens? The last time they won less than four games, they went 3-13 and in 1998, which gave them the second overall pick to be able to draft Donovan McNabb. So we were three. Yeah. Jeez. That's exactly true. Before the game started, more news came out. The more report that Carson Wentz's relationship with Doug Peterson is fractured, quote-unquote, fractured beyond repair, quote-unquote. We'll get into that. So what we're going to get into today, first we're going to go over our three reasons why this season sucked so badly and break that down a little bit. And then the second part of the show, we'll go over some moves that need to happen going forward to even try to fix this team and how long it will take to kind of recover in some kind of sense. Mm -hmm. So just real quick, what are your three reasons for the terrible season we just witnessed? So I'm going to go three, two, one on this one. Um, because the, the, the number one is the true number one in so many ways. So my first, uh, you know, the, Third reason, I guess, why I think this season kind of went the way it did is the failure to make adjustments um, and making adjustments too late. Um, I think you could see in a lot of different circumstances that you everything really was kind of just too little too late. And I think that was kind of perfectly put on display a little bit during the Giants game on or excuse me, the Washington football team game on Sunday in in the fact that, you know, Obviously, it had come out before that Nate Sudfeld was going to get playing time. Carson Wentz wasn't going to dress, yada, yada, yada. We'll get into that whole mess. <laughs> but it's something as simple as it should have been Jalen Hurts playing the first half, and then he should have taken him out at the half, and it should have played Nate Sudfeld for the entire second half. Two minutes into the fourth quarter, 
to sit Jalen Hurts. Like it's it's just these decisions made way too late. Adjustment adjustments made not either not at all or or too late in games on the season. Um, you know, games like the the Baltimore game come to mind where you know adjusting some things in the offense. It was just a little bit too late. So that's my my third reason. Two is is Doug's game plans. There was not one game this year where his game plan I thought was was dead on attacked an opposing defense the way it should have. Um, or and you know, I just thought that the way he his offensive scheme it seemed like he was being arrogant in the confidence in his offensive scheme and not really catering it to the strengths of his players. I.e., you know, we drafted Jalen Rager for speed. We didn't really see that at all, at all. Not at all. Um, utilizing a guy like Miles Sanders, heavy in the first half, don't see him in the second half. And, and you know, we've talked, we've, it's beating a dead horse at this point. We're talking about, you know, rolling Carson out of the pocket, et cetera, you know, what happened. Yeah. And, you know, then that kind of goes back to my third point with adjustments too late because then, you know, once you, a defense figured out what they were doing in the first half, they were terrible in the second half of games throughout the season. And that was even true with Jalen Hurts. So he had a great game plan to start. Everything was going well. Another team adjusts. You don't also adjust. And their your game plan, you know, again, arrogance in your game plan. Mm-hmm. And my number one reason, the reason, I mean, honestly, I think he's responsible for global warming at this point. <laughs> Howie Rosen is my number one reason. Um, everything that Every gripe I have with the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles can somehow be linked back to Howie Roseman. Um, and without Howie being the way he is and making the decisions he is, I mean, I still don't think the season is is good, but it's definitely not not as bad as it was. So number one, without question, Howie Roseman. What about you? Yeah, no, so I agree. I'll pick up right with that. My absolute number one, and I'll get into it even more when we actually start ranting, is Howie Roseman because obviously every single thing that we're going to say – probably throughout this whole episode ultimately goes back to Howie Roseman. So how could you not have a man like that as your number one, when everything's linked back to this one thing and somehow he's safe for some reason. Um, My number two is coaching because Doug had terrible play calling all season long. He had very questionable decisions with two point conversions going for the tie against the Bengals, which at one point kind of looked like it was smart, but then obviously by the end we all, prevailed and were proven to be right um and then who to make active each game that also was very controversial the whole time which also ironically has to do with Howie supposedly but ultimately Doug is far from being the great coach that we all thought he would have been he doesn't even look like that Super Bowl coach anymore and then I just think he's kind of just masked by it all because Howie Roseman, he's a huge problem, but obviously not the main problem. So he's my number two. My number three just kind of, kind of ultimately goes down to the injuries and poor play of everybody. Yeah. Um, the Eagles, they're always injury prone, but this season they got hit hard out of the gate with Brandon Brooks, Andre Diller, Deshaun Jackson got hurt early. Lane Johnson was questionable with his ankle from the beginning. So there were just so many injuries that set him back from the start and then injuries that happened throughout the season, like Ertz, Sanders, Goddard, Moore were all out because of injuries that happened throughout the season. So it was that constant switch. And it just kind of had them all started or prone to failure from the beginning, I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they were, they were set up for failure, honestly. And yeah. I, think, um, you know, I think one of the funniest parts kind of about the anger that people have that haven't watched the Eagles all season from Sunday is, Oh, this goes to your point about like the questionable two point conversions. Like, oh, well, why, why would he not go for take the points there? Why would he go for it? 
you must be new. You must be new here. <laughs> this is a question we've had for the last 17 weeks. We've talked about this every week since week one. Why does Doug make the decisions yeah. that he makes? I no, don't know. It's a great point. People want to come at us and they're like, oh, clearly they're tanking because that's a terrible coaching decision. No, because no. we must have been trying to tank this whole season from the very beginning and none of us knew it then. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, ultimately it's the truth. I mean, everything, our number one is, is really kind of where it is. And ultimately, no matter what, yes, there were questionable decisions. Yes, there were injuries. Yes, the in-game adjustments were poor or non-existent. But ultimately, everything comes back to Howie Roseman. Um, everything that, that went wrong with the entire year of 2020 in reference to the Philadelphia Eagles starts with Howie Roseman. Like it starts with the draft, not listening to his scouts, right? Like it's no secret at this point that everyone wanted Justin Jefferson and Jeremy Chin. They could have had them both. And Howie decided that he was, his little man complex was going to take over. And he just grew this astronomical ego after the Super Bowl and thinks he knows best, even though he has no football knowledge whatsoever. I mean, he went to law school, like he's a lawyer. He, he's not a football guy. So all he did in the draft was not get a legitimate linebacker, which we haven't had since he let Jordan Hicks walk out the door, um, chose the wrong wide receiver. At this point, it was the wrong wide receiver um, because the current wide receiver that we have instead was on Twitter in the locker room after he was ruled out with a concussion in the middle of the game. Um, he didn't sure up the offensive line at all. He just brought back Jason Peters and he took a quarterback for absolutely no reason at all. And, and the quarterback situation really can be attributed to two things. One, either the Eagles saw something from the time Carson got knocked out of the Seattle game and the draft that made it how we think he that made them think he wasn't the guy. Well, then Howie's the idiot for giving him a contract or there was nothing to be seen at all. And how he just drafted a quarterback because he felt like it, which also makes him the idiot. So fast forward to the season. No one plays well because the roster is garbage. The offensive line is terrible and oft injured miscues, poor game plans, missed tackles, missed throws, turnovers, drops, sacks, you name it, it happens. But now, like, now where are we? You know, like everything goes back to Howie. Literally goes right back to Howie Roseman. And I can't stand that man. Howie Roseman blows Jess blows the only good thing that people could ever say about him was that he was a cap wizard and even though it might have been true for that Super Bowl season we actually now it shows that we thought it was true for that Super Bowl season the only reason it worked was because one we caught lightning in a bottle that's the main reason and two we spent money on old players for one season and promised to pay them for years down the line whether they were still here or not Obviously, since then, Howie has just pushed back money from then, from current seasons to the future without building any solid roster, without drafting even remotely decent, which you can't push money into the future if you can't draft. Yes. You can't do that. You can't do it. So, you so where, where are we now? We're talking about Carson Wentz's future, the future of our franchise that, you know, this shouldn't be a question, right? And it's only a question because of Howie Roseman. But we're talking about Carson's future and the future of the locker room because now there have been two articles that have come out and said that Carson Wentz wants a trade slash what you mentioned earlier, his relationship with Doug Peterson is, quote, fractured beyond repair. And then obviously everything else going on with the players about being you know, pissed about Sunday, who there was confrontation on the sideline, all this mess, and Jason Kelsey's clarification today and all that. There's no reason that we should be here. And 
my theory is that we, again, we are here because of Howie Roseman. So all these different articles, all these different things that are coming out, it's all about Doug Peterson. It's all about Carson Wentz. It's making Carson Wentz, who is one of easily the best types of human beings to be on this planet. Like the, the kind of person that Carson Wentz is, his character, that's yeah. the best kind of person there is. So th these articles are attacking that and for some reason, the little weasel that sits in the front office, his name's not mentioned. So in my opinion, again, opinion, this is my conspiracy theory. I've got <laughs> two working conspiracy theories. This is number one. My theory is this team source, because Schefter said that he was just throwing things against the wall. His was speculation. Yeah. Chris Mortensen said, I have a team source. Well, if you look at Rob Motti's article as well, he didn't, Carson didn't say anything. His agent didn't say anything. So who, who else, who does that leave? My opinion, that team source is Howie Roseman. Carson Wentz has said not a word. His agent has said not a word. Wentz is not a distraction guy. He's not a me, me, me kind of guy. He's not going to be the one to cause this distraction, especially the morning before a game, regardless of how, quote, meaningless it is. So Carson Wentz doesn't know what he wants to do yet right? So he's going to take time. He's going to think about it. He's going to decompress, weigh his options, which is why he didn't speak to the media the other day, because no matter what he said, it would be taken the complete wrong way. People would run with it and it would yep. be an absolute mess. Yep. Howie knows he screwed this draft up. He knows he screwed this team for the future. He knows that this mess is on him, but because he's a snake and disregards other humans and is just using his players, mainly Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts as pawns in his little game, he knows the majority of the fan base prefers Carson Wentz. We saw that Jalen Hurts is not the answer. I like Jalen Hurts as a player. He's not the answer. He's not changing what Howie Roseman has created, but he screwed it all up. The easiest way to take the heat off himself, leak fake stories to the media, paint Carson as the villain, so not to be the one to take the blame for everything because that he caused all these repercussions, all he has to do is just trade Carson Wentz. Oh, we wanted to keep him, but Carson didn't want to be here. No, this is on you. Howie's a weasel and it, everything comes back to that. He has screwed this team up for five years, minimum, minimum. Yes, 100%. And like you said, he's the literally the epitome of a weasel. And it's so obvious to me. I mean, obviously, we said it's just theories. But how could you have this, these mysterious reports that people think are very credible? So it has to be coming from somebody that has some kind of credibility and some kind of power. But it's not Carson. It's not anybody close to Carson. It's not his agent. So and it's clearly not a teammate. I mean, if it was Alshon, like before, it would have been coming from Justina, not the these people. You know what I mean? So it's just so obvious, and it points to him. And then he wants to sit there and put all the blame on other people so he can just be bypassed and make however much money he's making right now and not lose his job. And then sit there and say in press conferences, like we saw on Monday, oh, Carson is our finger. We can't lose Carson. I don't even know what it would be like. You to think not Carson Wentz is like cutting off your finger. You can't imagine it not being there. What? But then you set him up and started all this. This is your fault. It's your fault. You did it. And here's the thing. If this theory is true, right? Like, let's just say for all intents and purposes that we're right. And that this came from Howie. This is all Howie. Let's, we're not right. let's just say we're right. 
as fans, you should be outraged. We should be outraged because if this is the case, it's a giant slap in the face to us because he thinks we're too stupid to figure it out. It took me exactly. 10 minutes to put this together. 10. So if this exactly. is right, he thinks fan base is that stupid? Dude. Dude, I know it's all to blame, right? Like everyone played like garbage. The game plans were garbage. I get that. But everyone else seems to be in the hot seat besides Howie Roseman, the one who created it all. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is Howie Roseman, it's so clear as we keep saying that he's an absolute snake, but I don't even want to hear the people that say, oh, it's just a business because yeah, you're right. But there's ways to be a successful business owner without being absolute scum. You know what I mean? And toxic work environment. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also, I mean, it says something when former Eagles like Emmanuel Acho, who's like a big time, great man. I love his shows, everything. And he's really coming out. And when he even tweets and says stuff on his shows, like hinting about how bad this front office is and how much of snakes they really are. I mean, one thing that we should have known is that there were snakes already when they treated players like Brian Dawkins and Malcolm Jenkins and Carson Wentz now and Zach Ertz now. Like, you know they're snakes, and it's just disgusting, and I hate that argument that it's a business because, yes, you're right, but there's ways to be a respectful business owner and do the right things and treat your players right, especially when all those guys I just mentioned performed until they were stabbed in the back and thrown away. Absolutely. And I I totally agree with you in terms of business. Like, yeah, in terms of numbers and revenue, it's a business. You can run a business without being a piece of garbage and treating your employees like trash. It's completely possible to not lie and deceive and to plant things and attack players' character that have done nothing but give their all to your organization, okay? And if you want to keep talking about it's a business, if you do your job poorly, you get fired. That's how it would be at my job. Okay, well, no one has done their job worse than Howie Roseman. Literally. Create a roster that's NFL caliber. Clearly, this one is not. And my thing with exactly what you just said is Howie Roseman performed so bad and it wasn't like everything that the teams performed bad. Yeah. Carson didn't have the best season, but that was because of other factors and everything that went wrong with this season is because of other factors, but everything that went wrong with the season that was a domino effect and went off of each other all falls back to Howie Roseman. Right. And it's so clear and it's just so obvious he's trying to do whatever little weasel schemers and whatever media things he wants to release next that he's trying to push it off of himself. And exactly what you said, it's so frustrating because he thinks we're stupid enough to not see it. Right. And what bums me out is if he's allowed to do this and this is being allowed and he's not in any sort of danger of losing his job, that means Jeffrey Lurie is equally as much of a weasel Uh as he is. And that's really disappointing to me because I thought as an owner, Jeffrey Lurie was better than that. I thought he was above being similar to Jerry Jones. And this is what this organization has turned into. It's turned into the Jerry Jones dictatorship that the Dallas Cowboys are. I'm going to one up you on that and say it's the poor man's Jerry Jones because he's not (laughs) willing to pay the money. True. I mean, it's, it's, I can't. 
if you would have told me three years ago that we'd be sitting here having this conversation, I might have, I don't know what I would have done. I definitely wouldn't have believed you. I can't believe that we're here. There's absolutely no reason that this, I mean, but I think the Super Bowl really changed these guys. They, it yeah. really went to their heads and, you know, you said it and I think everyone said it. They caught lightning in a bottle in terms of every bounce of the football, every, everything just fell right into place, right? Like everything just worked out. Nick Foles is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And even just in a bigger aspect of that, that team that won the Super Bowl, so thankful we have a Super Bowl. I love that it happened. They were by far not the best team in the league that year. And that 100% is because they got lucky and everything fell in the right place. And that's okay because that's what football, that's how football is. I mean, it's a one game elimination. That's what happens. But do not think that you are some almighty that caused this amazing thing to happen when no, like it's far from that. Yeah. It's so far from that. Honestly, winning a Super Bowl was the best and the worst thing that could have happened to this organization. It was the best thing for us as fans. It was the best thing easily top three best things that's ever happened to me as a Philadelphia sports fan. It was the worst thing that could have happened to this organization and to this front office because now there's obviously all of these issues and you know who am I going to say Carson Wentz was going to have an MVP caliber season if they didn't draft Jalen Hurts probably not because of the way the rest of the roster looks and he just had an off year that's fine but we wouldn't be having to have these ridiculous conversations and these ridiculous arguments about trade him bench him Jalen Hurts do we draft another quarterback like we wouldn't have to have these conversations and it's just really kind of unfortunate that we're here, but there are a lot of questions that we have to address going yes. forward. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about lots of things, a defensive coordinator and everything else that the Eagles have to address going forward. You are listening to the babes on broad on BGN radio. Welcome back into episode number 57 of babes on broad. So let's look now at some big things that need addressed moving forward. There's a lot that is going to go on this off season. And I'm not very hopeful because I don't trust this front office, as we just mentioned, not even but me. there's a lot that we'll have to get in through the off season with shows, but let's just hit on some of the things now, Jess. So, so one, obviously Jim Schwartz, I don't think we covered it really because it happened right before I went on vacation. Yeah, so we we didn't get a chance to talk about it, and then we obviously didn't do a pregame show. So it came out that Jim Schwartz, obviously, is is he his his contract's up this year. He's going to take a year off, contemplate retirement, and it was it really wasn't confirmed. And then and it, he didn't get a chance to tell the players yet. And I think that's what he was waiting for, but it got leaked before. Naturally, but so yeah, so that that kind of came out. But I but even then, the Eagles still hadn't confirmed it, and I don't think Jim had confirmed it until when they talked to BG on locker room cleanout day. And he was like, obviously it was Jim's last game. And I, that was like the first co- like s- real confirmation that I had heard. I might've missed something. Don't quote me on that. But um, so new defensive coordinator is something that the Eagles are going to need two interesting names that we'll, we'll dive into all this, but yeah. just, you know, two interesting names that come to my brain um, right away are Chris Richard, who was with the Cowboys last year. And obviously that defense really fell apart without him. Um, and he didn't coach in 2020. He just wasn't retained as a part of Jason Garrett's staff um, when Mike McCarthy came in. And then 
D'Amico Ryans is the linebackers coach for the 49ers, obviously doing very well there. Um, and if their D coordinator ends up getting a head coaching job, he could be in line for their D coordinator job. But if their D coordinator doesn't leave, he could potentially look elsewhere. And he is someone who I would love to bring back to Philadelphia and work with the defense here. I thought that would be pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, no, both of those are interesting options. I don't even know who I would have yet because somewhere that they were like, oh, bring Corey Unlin back. And I was like, Why? <laughs> no, <laughs> please. Nobody from the past. Nobody. No like, internal hires. No internal hires. Nobody from the past. We need a, a new clean slate, please. But no, I kind of have a theory on the Jim Schwartz thing. I think um, he too is over the front office and all the drama of the Seagulls and sees it's going down. So I think he kind of came out and said, oh, like I'm taking the year off until he just ultimately doesn't renew his contract with the Eagles, gets an offer from somewhere else, and I feel like he would just jump on it right away. Yeah, I think if he's coaching in 2021, it'll be pretty obvious what happened. So yeah, that's conspiracy theory part two of today. Yeah. Um, another one, you know, there's going to be significant changes to the offensive staff. Um, I would assume Hopefully. there will be an offensive coordinator in place. Um, has to be. Has to be. No matter what quarterback they keep, has to be an offensive coordinator in place that we trust to do play calling because Doug can't. So I was just going to say, do you think Doug gives up play calling going forward? I don't think he will want to, and I think that's going to be a problem, but he needs to. I think that Doug Peterson is safe until he objects too much to any changes that they decide to make. So if Howie and Jeffrey tell him you can't call, we're getting an offensive coordinator and you can't call plays and he says no, then they'll say, okay, we're going to get a new head coach too. But do Howie and Lurie know that much about the game? I think, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they just like Doug because he listens to everything they say. Yeah, I don't know. I got absolutely nothing for you. Yeah. Um, but that so needs to happen. We'll see if it does. Definitely. Um, they need a new quarterback coach. I don't oh, 100%. what Press Taylor has done over the last four years, but whatever it was, it's, it's not cut it anymore. Well, and even it's interesting because you could shift it around. If they brought in a true offensive coordinator that's going to be play calling and stuff, they could just move Doug to focus on the quarterbacks. But I don't even trust that anymore because he's done so poorly with Carson and – I, whether it's Carson or Hertz, do we trust him to really develop anybody? So yeah, they definitely need to bring in a quarterback coach, but we'll see how that plays all, out again. Yeah. I would say the, probably the only one that will be safe is Jeff Stoutland. I think everybody else on the offensive side of the ball it should be worried. I think everyone not else Deuce. has a reason to be worried. Okay. Yeah. Not Deuce. Sorry. Yeah. Well, he can't go. Anywhere. So Deuce should stay and Jeff should stay. If they get rid of them, I think it's probably just because they're not getting rid of or doing the proper things. And they're just trying to put blame on people and be like, oh, we did Watch this. Only, one go- only one's gone be Jeff and Deuce. And then I'll cry myself. Yeah. And then it just, we'll see an even worse season. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think anybody that was on the uh, offensive coordinator committee, I think they're all, all toast. Yeah. They but need to I be. Just, that needs to never be a thing in the NFL ever again. Um, obviously, another question to be addressed: Who do you see, who who do you see as this quarterback going forward? Like, j- like in in your opinion? So we'll yeah. down at different points, but sitting here right now, Wednesday, January what is it? The sixth, January sixth. Who do you see, like? What do you see them doing with Carson, and who do you think is the quarterback going forward? So what I want, I obviously 
have not been shy about it. I think Carson is the best option to go forward with this. And I mean, Jalen Hurts, great quarterback. And I hope that we could trade him and get a second round pick or something good out of it. And he can go on to have a successful career somewhere else. But I think that Carson Wentz is ultimately going to have the better career as long as he's in a good position. And unfortunately, I don't think that's here. So because of all the drama and because of everything, I don't believe that report that came out that he wants a trade. But I think, like, I don't believe it in the fact that he came out and told somebody he wants a trade. But it will not alarm me if that's in his head right now. I mean, he's been just treated like absolute crap this entire time since he's been here Mm -hmm. Um, by the fans, by the front office, by everybody, the coaching now. Like, everybody's going against him, and he just – I would not blame him if he's just fed up with it. And I kind of think that as the, like, as the person making decisions, I guess you would kind of have to factor that in and you kind of hit on it when we were just talking. It's kind of like how we said that whole Carson's our, our finger. Like we can't imagine not having him here. And it's kind of like, he's saying that stuff and maybe he leaked the report about Carson wanting the trade, for the fact that he knows he will be damned if he just straight up lets Carson go. Because even though a lot of the fan base is off of Carson because of stupid reasons, most of them I want to believe are not. Yeah. And so I just, it's hard, dude. There's so many factors that go into it. So I think that it would not surprise me if Carson wants out. Um, It would not surprise me if Howie tries to force him out, but make it look like it's not him. I don't think they could just straight up trade him because one, it's going to hit the cap two, or hurt the cap two, It's a stupid decision and he would get so much hate rightfully. So, and it's just, it's a mess, dude. We'll need a whole episode just to break that down. Yeah. Um, obviously I want Carson Wentz to stay here long-term, but I, yeah. I agree with you completely. I think what's best for him is a fresh start. And I think that it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's ultimately what he decides he wants. Um, because I don't think no matter what this these these members of the front office say to him, I don't think that there's any sort of trust at all. Actions over words, especially when it's coming from a weasel slum bag. Yeah. So I mean, if I think if they tell him no questions, you're the starter. This is your team. I think that's what he what they should say. But if they say something like, and I think he might consider staying. But if they say to him, it's an open competition. Come August, you have to win your job. He's gone. He's as good as gone because yeah. he, he has proven time and time again that again, like he just doesn't, th- that's not conducive. That's not conducive to any work environment. And again, the people that are like, oh, well, I want my, my quarterback to be a competitor. He is a competitor, but he'd rather, you know. And that's why he plays hero ball. Right. Because he tries to make up for everything wrong with this organization on that offense. Right. Did you see, happen to see the quotes from Joel Embiid the other day? When uh, they asked him why he's, they, they said he's, you know, you've been getting a lot better passing out of a double team. And he said, well, now I have somebody that I can trust to pass to. Because last year, I just realized I was going to pass the ball and the shot wasn't going to go in. So it was easier to just do it myself. A hundred percent. That is what the organization for the Philadelphia Eagles is right now. Yep. That is what they are. Because Carson doesn't trust anybody because all they do is drop the ball, run garbage routes, and then. I mean, anything you could imagine happening that would go wrong goes wrong. So he just tries to do it himself to make up for it. Now, I love that he tries to do that and put the team on his back in that way, but also it's hurt the team in several different ways. Mm -hmm. So, but again, here we go. What does this come back to? 
a legitimate roster being built around him and not wasting picks on quarterbacks that you don't need. It doesn't make sense. Honestly, if they're going to trade Carson, I think they need to trade Jalen Hurts as well. And they need to draft a quarterback and start over. That's my honest oh. God opinion. But it, because I think that, first of all, it's not fair to Jalen Hurts. One. Two, everybody that still had, you know, th- there's, there's, he, they've created this animosity towards him that this fan base will harbor, especially if the team is going through a rebuild and is going to have a losing record for the next four to five years. One, not fair to Jalen to have to deal with that personally and emotionally. Two, not fair to waste Jalen's career like that. So you need to draft a quarterback that you actually plan on building around. But again, as we've talked about before, they have commitment issues when it comes to quarterbacks, so they probably won't. So no matter what they do, we're going to be still having this conversation again in three years. So I just think there's either way as long as Howie Roseman's the GM. What about um, Howie saying he regrets the quarterback factory comment? Even though you can tell so hard that he regrets it now just because he's being clowned because he truthfully thought that. And you could see that with how they treated Carson and Hurts this year. I think the PR department said, how? Yeah. If they ask you about that unbelievably stupid quarterback factory comment, you say you regret it <laughs> or we will kill you. A hundred percent. No, I just think, I don't think he had another choice but to say that. I don't think he believed yeah. it at all. No, he doesn't believe it because he doesn't understand the game, Jess. Right. I still think, given that situation again, he would absolutely draft Jalen Hurts because he's an egotistical idiot, and he would still screw this team regardless. But it's like he knows he screwed this team up, but I don't think he regrets doing what he did. Does that make sense? But that's no, a hundred percent. And I think, I think a guy like him, in his mind too, because he doesn't understand everything he's messed up, is. In his mind, he's like, oh, it's injuries. That's what really hurt us. I think he might honestly believe that it's injuries, and that's the reason this team's so bad. And I think, obviously, Jeffrey Lurie thinks that for the fact that he's not willing to part ways with Howie Roseman just yet. I really just want to win the lottery so I can buy the Eagles and fire Howie. Yeah, right? That's really what I would like to do. And I said that my mom said something about the there's like 490 mil this week. And I was like, let's all – Pull together, and if anybody wins, we're, we're buying the Eagles. And fire, fire <laughs> I would love that. Um, so with all that being said, what, dra- or what position are you drafting at number six, if they keep number six? I still want Jamar Chase to be an Eagle. So. Okay. So I – obviously, they're – it concerns me because I don't know if they're going to be there, but 100% I also go with wide receiver, and whether it's Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, I think One I might – will be there at six. One of okay, them. yeah, and so I would choose one of the other, whoever's there. If yeah. they're both there, I know you're huge on Jamar Chase. I think I'm more of a Devontae Smith type. But I, to get my real answer, we'll do a draft show okay. before then, and I'll do some real digging because now it's just like highlights I've seen. I've never actually watched really each game because it's LSU and Bama, um, besides national championships. But so I, I definitely want to look more at – highlights and stats and all that stuff yeah I um make one of the other but I definitely agree wide receiver at number six yeah wide receiver at number six and I think either one of those guys I don't think you can go wrong agree that's just that's just kind of how it is but 
we're coming to the end of our episode. So thank you for listening to us scream and yell on episode 57 of Babes on Broad. Um, thank you as always to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you're continuing to follow all of our socials because we will have another episode coming out this week with a very special guest. So you do not want to miss that at all. Stay tuned for that. And also do not forget to tune in for Sixers pregame live Thursday at 6.30 before the Sixers take on the Kevin Durant list. Brooklyn Nets, but it'll still be a fun game regardless. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Babes on Broad. BGN.